Hello and welcome to this special episode of the National Trust podcast. I'm James Grasby, building and landscape curator for the National Trust. And today I'll be heading to Derbyshire to find out more about Sudbury Hall, the historic home of the Vernon family. But as I will soon discover, this property has a rather unusual way of connecting with its visitors. It's a chilly spring day in February, and I'm standing in front of a beautiful and rather grand red brick, Jacobean-style mansion. This fabulous property the National Trust never disappoints is set within these beautiful extensive gardens. But it's really what's inside the property that excites me, as it houses some of the finest examples of plasterwork and mural painting and wonderful wood carving by an A-list of celebrity craftsmen. And I can't wait to get my foot through the door. Hey, James, wait, wait for me! I should say, a young girl is running towards me. Yes, can I help you? I hope I'm not too late, but my name is Mahanor, and I've been sent here to help co-present this podcast. Gosh, I wasn't expecting a co-presenter. I'm delighted to meet you, but forgive me, you're a young girl. What do you know about Sudbury Hall? I may be only 12 years old, but quite a lot as it happens. Really? Yes, lots of kids from the local area, including me and my brother Idris, have been working alongside the staff and creators to help give Sudbury Hall a bit of a glow-up. A bit of a (laughs) glow-up? A makeover, a brand new look. During the last few years, while Sudbury Hall has been closed to the public, it's undergone a huge transformation, and it's now the UK's first ever children's country house. And it was this time last year, in February 2022, when all us kids were invited back to Sudbury Hall to see it all finished. Man, I'm getting the picture. Let's time travel back and find out how Sudbury Hall has transformed through time. Hello, everybody. You guys have been amazing at helping us to test things, helping us to design things. Should we give ourselves a massive round of applause for that? What's happening here? It's the day I was telling you about. The very final trial and testing day for Sudbury Hall before it opened to the public again. That's the general manager, Nikki Walters, and those are the Children's Country House ambassadors. And they're about to find out what all their hard work looks like. The most exciting thing about today that makes a difference to last time you might have come is that we've got the museum open and we've got the gardens open and we've got the hall open and we've got the activity hub open. So it's the first time we've got lots and lots of different things for you to see and do. Most important thing is just to have a massive amount of fun. Can you do that? Amazing. And the best thing about the Children's Country House is that it's a place that has been inspired by children and designed by children and turned into a property that can be enjoyed by visitors of all ages. You realise, of course, Mahanor, that this isn't the first time that Sudbury Hall Estate has been reinvented. Really? Yes, you need to go back in time to 1660 when King Charles II had been restored to the throne after the Civil War. When a young man, George Vernon, had just inherited the Sudbury estate. He was rich, had plenty of ambition and design ideas, but what he didn't have was titles. George Vernon built Sudbury Hall right on the road so people could see that he had money and he could then make strategic marriages and then get those titles that he so desperately wanted. 
My name's Edith Parkinson and I am a senior collections and house officer at the Children's Country House at Sudbury. So the hall was built during the restoration of the monarchy, so we call it a restoration mansion. But the way George Vernon built it was to emulate older houses. It has a long gallery which was starting to go out of fashion and has a lot of features that sort of older houses would have had rather than leaning into some of the newer trends. There are lots of features on the outside of the building that hint at George Vernon's wealth, one of which being the amount of windows. So not only does this create symmetry in the hall, but it also shows how wealthy he was as glass was quite an expensive commodity at the time. As George Vernon's ambitions grew, he started contacting London craftsmen, including the woodcarver Edward Pierce, who did the fantastic staircase. Even when the hall was mostly complete, George still felt there were finishing touches to be made and commissioned Louis Laguerre to add painted murals to the staircase in the hall. The very same Laguerre who painted those wonderful murals in the grand hallway at Petworth. They are a sight to behold, a wall of gods and goddesses, heroes and villains. That sounds amazing, James. But let's get back to the story. What happened next? So for about 200 years, Sudbury Hall remained unchanged. But with the fashions of the Victorian era and the changing way that the upper classes were living, it was decided that a new service wing was needed. The Vernons brought in architect George Denby in 1876 to build on what we now know as the Museum of Childhood. Me and my brother love the museum, especially climbing up the chimney where it's dark and only lit by a few lights, then sliding down the slide to get to the other end. A chimney? Yes, and lots of other brilliant exhibits too. Both the museums and gardens are a huge hit with everyone. But it seems that very few families were that keen to spend time looking around the historic hall itself. A lot of the little ones before when they came through with their parents would just be ready to go. With younger children, we tended not to, because they just scream all the way around and grab hold of things. I would say I find it a, a bit boring because there's not much interactive stuff. Oh, those families have missed out on experiencing Sudbury Hall's wonderful interiors. What a tragedy. They just weren't displayed in a way that made them relevant to us kids. They were either closed off behind ropes or hung from a wall at a height that was difficult for us to see. So we've got a property with a fascinating history, renowned for its 17th century craftsmanship and looked after by the National Trust. But it's not getting quite so much love from visitors as it should do. Exactly. So fast forward to 2019, and this is when the child ambassadors like me come in. Here's General Manager Jodie Lees talking about how the grown-up staff at Sudbury came up with a wild idea. Sudbury is a much-loved place, and it always has been. But actually, it wasn't a unified experience. Back in 2019, I joined the team to start developing what the Children's Country House could be, should be. So we developed the Ambassador Programme, where we worked with over 100 children, community groups and schools over a two-year period. We recruited them in lots of different ways. We did lots of shout-outs on social media. We got in touch with local communities. Um, we went on TV and did a little bit of a shout-out as well. I'm Lexi and I'm 11. Jodie asked me to make a PowerPoint asking people to come join and be the ambassadors. I put a lot of things to do, like drawing, dancing, baking, 
I am Poppy, and I am age nine. My mum saw something on Facebook and told about me and asked if I wanted to do it. I said yes, and I was really excited. How did you become involved, Mahano? Well, it was my mum. She said to me, oh, there's an opening at Sudbury Hall for being an ambassador. And me and my brother said, oh, yeah, why don't we give it a try? And I'm so glad we took the opportunity. The ambassadors worked with us in lots of different ways. We had poetry parties. We had activities with artists on site. We sent out packs for them to design things in the garden. One of my favourite parts of the project is our trial and testing days where we worked with the ambassadors to create them as almost sort of mini inspectors. So they would come on site at certain points in the project and feedback on ideas or they would help us develop and debate certain things. We got to see the boathouse and the den and all the new bits they added to the garden. And my sister wrote a label and her label is actually in the gallery right now. It's about a doll whose owner said she will never be loved, so they never put her out. So for our first session for our ambassadors, we did an online welcome party. It was during the pandemic. And one of the ambassadors, believe it or not, had a little brother that was born the day before the welcome party. So we like to say that one of our ambassadors started when he was one day old. Baby Jamie, he's called. He's now two and a half. And I see him on Fridays coming and tottering around. You can never be too young to start learning about heritage. Ah, James, does that mean you're coming round to the idea of a children's country house? I think so, but I'm wondering, do children understand the history and heritage more than they did before all the changes? I know just the person who will be able to answer that question for you. Children learn best when they're engaged in their learning and when they see a connection between what they're learning in their own lives. And one of the key challenges for educators is to find what are those connections and how do you make learning as engaging as possible? I'm Ed Harker. I've been working in primary education for about 30 years as a reception nursery teacher and as a head teacher. And now I do curriculum development and behaviour support for schools. Education at its best isn't a process of handing stuff over to children. It's actually drawing out a ducare, so it's drawing out from the children. The best thing you can draw out is good questions. And a questioning mind will take children through their life. The learning shouldn't stop at the end of the school day, it shouldn't stop during summer holidays, and it shouldn't stop when they leave school. You want people to have an open, questioning, problem-solving mind, and that comes from giving them experiences which are both relevant but also slightly intriguing. I remember going to lots of National Trust houses as a child. A lot of it was quite passive for a child, out of reach, hard to contextualise. I mean, you literally couldn't touch the stuff. So the idea of democratising these amazing buildings makes perfect sense. And I think for some children to experience the sheer wealth, scale and quality of some of these places, it's like visiting a cathedral, it's a sense of awe. They're really good places for opening up questions and provoking questions about privilege, access, who made these things, why are they living in such a big house? And they also elicit creative responses really well. 
I think children have interesting reactions to some of the more formal portraits and stuff like that. And I think moving beyond just having a couple of dress-ups or a small handling collection is great. And to have the sense that the children can be exploring it on their own terms is very powerful. You see, James, the children's country house has so much more to offer than a dress-up box. I can see that, but I still have one more question that needs answering. As a curator myself, I'm a little concerned that allowing children unrestricted access to the collection could put it at risk of being damaged. I can see why you might be a little worried, but creator Lucy Armstrong Blair will put your mind at rest. We chose Sudbury because it's a place that was brought to the Trust because of its architectural features, not necessarily because of its collection, although that has come into the house over time. There are things on open display. There are some things that are really precious we've put behind Perspex. There are rooms completely open to people wandering through. We've kind of enticed people away from the walls and actually kind of put the experiences in the centre of the room, so all the doing stuff is in the centre. I want to have this place for children to start to learn about country houses and to love them, because there's so many lovely, wonderful, amazing things in them, and then hopefully to carry that love and interest into the other National Trust houses. I'm rather intrigued to hear what the finished hall looked like. Hold on, James. Here's a sneak peek with Lauren Brewer at the very last trialling and testing day back in February 2022, just before all us ambassadors arrived. The time is now 9.54 and the kids are going to be starting to arrive in about 10 minutes. Little frantic, but excitable, I would say. This room we call the portal. Once people arrive, they'll be taken into here for a welcome. On the ceiling, got this lovely oval shape. There's actually a projection with some of the country house ambassadors featuring in it. The idea of this seating here is that children can lounge and really enjoy the projection up above. So we would expect children to be slobbing about. That is okay by us. Part of being closed, meant that we could do a load of conservation work on the stairs. Now people can go up and enjoy all of the plaster work and the woodwork and the paintings. So we're going to go up the great stairs. Moving through into the long gallery, one of the spaces that we're most famous for, it's a very long, long haul. People would have used it maybe on a rainy day, get their exercise, so stroll up and down, maybe dance, maybe play some games. But what we have done in here is bring some of the portraits to life by putting some speech bubbles underneath. For example, we've got here, it's hard being King Charles II's favourite girlfriend, but somebody has to do it. Just leaving the house to go round to the yard. Lots of families raring to go. The sun's out. Thankfully, we can meet and greet them outside today. That The weather's good. Everybody ready for a fun day? And you were there waiting with all the other ambassadors? Yes, we were all so excited. And then we all followed Lauren into the portal. Welcome, everyone, to the world's first children's country house. It's a country house for you. And the grown-ups too, but mainly for you guys. It was at this point we all looked up at the ceiling and then we saw ourselves in the projection waving back down at us. <laughs> it was magical. 
And then the day began. So have an amazing day, and the Hall of Wonder now awaits you. Amazing! Fantastic! My name's Anna and I'm here with my mum, my son Oscar and my 10-month-old Jamie. We love Sudbury Hall here. We love exploring things. We love finding out about things. Now they've turned this a little bit more inclusive, it definitely would be a place that I would bring in. I'm called Poppy. I'm nine years old. There is a lot more children-friendly stuff that can be touched and played with and it doesn't feel like there's ropes everywhere. I'm Eleanor and I'm eight. When we first came, there was only a few interactive stuff and now there's way more stuff that children can do while they're here. My name's Hester and I'm eight and I think it's really good. There's loads for them to do. You can see how excited they are and they want to be here. And if they're happy, we're happy. I am really looking forward to coming back. And am I right in saying that eight months later, in October 2022, the Children's Country House opened to the public? Yeah, that's right. And how do you think it's been received? Well, me and my family love coming here, but Jodie, the general manager, may be able to tell you more. It's been an amazing experience for everyone involved. And there's nothing that beats those moments where you're standing in the stable yard and you can just see over 700 people having an amazing day out. And we're really looking forward to doing more. I won't give you too much of a spoiler alert, but we are definitely planning on opening more spaces and more zones. So watch this space. Oh, another space. What do you think's going to be in there, then? How about a giant Lego Sudbury? They have one of those already, James. Do they? I wonder if they managed to get all the windows incorrectly. Come on, James, let's go and have a look at it. Oh, God, I want to see all of it. I want to see all of it again. It's going to be so fun. And what about the grand staircase? Oh, that's amazing. Thanks for listening to this episode of the National Trust podcast. If you would like to experience the children's country house at Sudbury yourself, it's now open every weekend and most school holidays. So please head to the National Trust website or search online for Sudbury Hall, where you can follow the link to book a visitor's slot. Or head to this episode's show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow National Trust podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast app you use. Or find us at nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts. From me, James Grasby. And me, Mahnoor. Goodbye. Goodbye.